0: Welcome to Behind the Axle. I'm Mike Lanowski. I'm joined by Dave Menjin and Chris Cook. Together, we discuss about what's going on domestically and internationally with the sport of wheelchair rugby. We like to reach out to each and every one of the athletes, the staff members, the coaches, the classifiers, and the referees out there listening, and we hope that you enjoy our show. Here's this week's episode. All right, so this is Mike Klonowski from uh, Behind the Axle. I'm joined by Dave Menjen and Chris Cook. Our guest this week is Carrie Morgan from uh, the lovely city of St. Louis. She has been in the in the sport for several years and Chris is going to give us a little bit more about her, but she's a wonderful guest and we're glad to have her.
1: Welcome aboard, Carrie. You are our first female guest. We're proud to have you. My understanding is you are a professor in the St. Louis area as well as a accomplished track athlete, and, of course, a wheelchair rugby player. Welcome aboard.
2: Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. I'm a big fan of the podcast.
1: We're just glad to hear you you say that. that, Is that mean you actually listen to our podcast?
2: I have. I believe I've listened to all of them.
1: Nice. Nice. Do you have a favorite?
2: There was one that you talked a lot of rugby history on. Was that the one with Tony Durham?
0: Well, there's always uh, a little history every time that Chris Cook talks. So, yeah. I
2: it's hearing the history.
0: It may have been uh, with Brad Mickelson. I wonder if oh, that was that it.
2: That was it. Yep, 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 yep. That was it.
0: Uh, but seriously, we've we've really been talking about uh, guests that we wanted to have on the show for a long time, and we have wanted to have a strong uh, female athlete. And you definitely fit that description. Uh, you won gold recently uh, in T52 uh, for track. Um, and obviously you're you're very well known around the Heartland uh, for playing with the Rams. And uh, you're playing for Missouri this year, am I correct?
2: Yep, that's correct. The Missouri combined team, yep.
0: How's that been going? Like, I know that um, you're you're taking two talented squads and taking a lot of people and putting them into one place. Is that working well for you? Is it is it been exciting? Has it been frustrating? What's the story?
2: Yeah, I think a little bit of everything. I think, you know, I'm kind of in my stage in my rugby career where I just really like um, – well a just playing the game still but b sort of teaching new people and so we kind of had this cool opportunity with combining both the kansas city and the st louis teams and getting different people to play with different level experienced people and so we get a lot of new people on both sides Um, it's just been a lot about learning each other and giving people different opportunities to play You know, and and it's cool because um, St. Louis, one issue we've kind of had ever since I've been playing is we've never really had strong dominant high pointers. Um, We have really good mid pointers and really good low pointers and Kansas City's kind of the opposite right now. And so they bring some high pointers. We bring some mid and low and kind of combining the experience is pretty cool. I would say probably anytime you try something new. I think, you know, we've learned a lot about uh, trying to communicate better. I think there's, you know, close to 30 of us when you combine the squads together. So trying to get everybody on the same page and understanding what we're trying to do, just communication. um, I think we've learned a lot this year, potentially how to improve upon it next year. Uh, But I think overall it's been a really good experience. You know, the other issue is just, having enough practice time together because we're all over the state of Missouri. So we have really limited times when we all come together. So a lot of the tournaments we go through end up kind of being our actual like practices as a team. Um, and you know, I think if we were to do it over again, we only ended up rostering one team under USQRA. And really, we probably have a pretty decent D1 team and probably also a pretty decent D2 team. We probably should have rostered two teams. Um, But again, this is just kind of us learning um, and and trying to come together as one group. But it's been um, an interesting and fun year just to play with different people.
1: So, Carrie, did you say 30 people?
2: Yeah, I think when you combine everybody together, it, we're probably pretty close to 30 people. I think St. Louis brings, you know, 13 to 14 with us. And I think Kansas City is pretty close to the same on their end.
1: And just for us that are uh, perhaps geographically challenged, talk to us about the practice. And I mean, how far do you have to travel and, and how, how do you make that all work?
2: Yeah, so Kansas City is on the other side of the state, so they're about a three-and-a-half to four-hour drive. Oh, wow. wow. Um, so really, honestly, most of our practices have been just us all meeting together at tournaments. So we've, we we've picked a couple of D1 tournaments. We picked a couple of D2, D3 tournaments um, and just kind of brought different squads to each one. So Houston was pretty fun in December because we ended up bringing two squads, a D1 and a D2 um and then we have gotten together a couple times in st louis and a couple of times in kansas city but probably not as many times as we all would have liked
0: so i have a question who is the glue that ties you guys together like you've got a lot of great personalities a lot of really smart players with a lot of experience and and some new younger players um who ties it together like is it you? Wait, is I, it? Can
1: I take a guess on that? Yeah. I'll say it's Tony.
2: Uh, yeah. So it, it, it's really um, Tony on the Kansas City side, and then on our side, um, it's a lot of Sue Tucker communicating with Tony on um, you know uh, how to structure structure their practices and structure our practices. So we're kind of doing the same play calling. Um, who should kind of be invited to which tournament? Uh, which tournaments we should go to and what that looks like. So it's really the two of them probably communicating the most.
3: Sue is coaching you guys this year?
2: Yeah, so Sue's our head coach, um, which is, you know, challenging too because it's, uh, as we all know, it's a Paralympic year, and her travel schedule is insane. So, I imagine. Uh, her time's a little bit more limited um, on Paralympic years, but she certainly does make a lot of time, and she has traveled with us to several tournaments
1: so i have a question do you guys uh well this is probably obvious everybody happy with playing time
2: yeah you know i i honestly think um i i don't know if you can ever make everybody happy but i think you know um the true sign of i really the goal was to get people more playing time and to play with different people um because honestly On our end, we just kind of, you know, had the same starting lineup. They got most of the play.
3: Seven points Uh, too, right?
2: Yeah, we were always playing down. Um, And so this year, you know, with being able to have access to some high pointers and some other folks, we could really mix up the lineups. Um, And, you know, going to D1 and D2 tournaments, we could really start people that maybe wouldn't necessarily start. Um, so I think people might have been a little apprehensive going into it, um, but but I do think people got some really good playing time this year. Um, the other cool thing that we did was Kansas City um, in February hosted um, sort of a clinic um, and some of the Denver um, folks came in and we just, it, it, you know, it, it wasn't... Um, uh, structured teams that just mixed up everybody and just different people played. And I think a lot of people got to play with some people they wouldn't have never played with and learned a lot of different things. And there was just a lot of rugby played that whole weekend. So I think we've done some pretty cool things to try to help advance people and get them exposed to different things and just overall get them more playing time. But, you know, it is a challenge trying to organize all of the 30 people um, and, and try to get everybody on the same page. So, you know, a little bit of growing game.
1: If I'm not mistaken KC made nationals last year and they went Iron Man they were like four or five players
2: and yeah,
1: yeah. And so so you guys have I mean you said 30 we're not talking 30 players right you're talking how many players are we talking now
2: No if you combined our rosters now not everybody travels so there's some recreational people on there but if you combine our rosters you know I might have over shot 30, but but certainly 25, 26, 27 if you combine both of wow. yeah.
1: So, Carrie, are you happy with your playing time?
2: Yeah, you know, I'm kind of getting a little old and trusty and so not <laughs> have to play every minute um, is actually okay. And having some bench time and being able to mentor some other players is pretty cool, too. So, I mean, as a rugby player, I always want to play, So, um, but it's been fun to watch some other people get some playing time.
0: Right. That's cool. So let's go back a little bit. I I'm very curious as to how you got started in rugby, what drew you in, what took you to the level of playing on the international, uh, in the international spotlight, and what did you think after you had your time with USA?
2: Yeah. So you know, I've had a disability since the age of one. Um, I contracted a virus called transverse myelitis. And when I grew up, there really wasn't a whole lot of opportunities for adaptive sports. And so I really didn't find adaptive sports until I was in my mid-20s. And it it was kind of by coincidence, a friend of mine um, at the time, his name was Neil Hayden, he was playing for the St. Louis team. Um, And at that time, you know, it's early 2000s, and we were really, really, really recreational. Um, and he came up to me, and he said, Hey, I think you would qualify to play on the St. Louis military rugby team. And, and at that time, I thought it was only for guys. I thought it was a male sport. And, um, he said, no, it's co-ed. There's just not a lot of females that play,
3: um, <laughs>
2: come out and check it out. I think you would classify. And, um, so I went out and checked it out and, you know, I, um, I was by fall, by far the smallest player. So they, put me in this really wide rugby chair. Um, but, you know, I, it, as a kid growing up with a disability, all I wanted to do was sports. My older brother did sports, my family did sports, and I never really found that competitive outlet. It just wasn't there. And so, you know, they put me in this crazy looking gladiator chair, it's way too big. Um, so, you know, I, I started playing really recreationally, because um, I didn't know any better. Um, and then the more I was around the sport, the more I started to see um, what I was wanted my whole life, which was to be a competitive athlete with a disability. And I started to see things like the Paralympics and the, the U.S. team and how competitive they were. And, um, you know, and the more I played, the more I just wanted to learn more. And, and I wanted to, be better as an athlete. So I I really tried to um, put myself in a situation to to get better, to get stronger, to learn more about the game. And as I was doing that, there was some movements on the international level to get women more involved in the sport. And so um, one of those moves was in 2008 where um, the International Committee he basically said that you could bring um, 11 players if you wanted to bring 12 to the Paralympic Games. One had to be a female. And then all of a sudden, nice. the kind of went on to the female athlete. Um, and so, you know, I wanted to be that woman on that 2008 team, honestly. Um, so in 2007, I was invited to be on the, uh, I think it was the very first development team ever put together. Rudy coached it. Uh, Sue Tucker was a coach on it and and it was really good for me because you know I told you our St. Louis team was was when I started it really recreational. Um, and you know being on the development team and being around others, I realized that the the speed of play that I was used to was, uh, was a little slower than what's happening um, sort of at the top level and and that I needed to really be around that a little bit more. so um you know i went into 2008 i i was you know i so was the first uh female ever invited to a tryout in 2008 um and and you know honestly it, they had a female slot and i was the only female at tryouts and so i wanted that spot so bad um i also didn't want to be the team mascot so i didn't want them to take me <clears throat> if, if i really wasn't ready to be taken and um, so they ended up not taking me, um, and I I completely understand. It was kind of like at tryouts. I I think I was used to playing like junior high football, and they put me on the in the NFL, and just the speed of play was just very different than what I was used to. So um, in 2008, um, I decided that you know I really do want to do rugby, and I I try to refocus. And in 2009, I ended up making the U.S. team. Um, so. So, you know, it was a little bit of a long road. Um, I, uh, I I did a lot of things to try to put myself in the right position. I, um, I was really fortunate um, in that people in our league are just really good, nice people. I would, on Saturdays, we had a team that was about five hours away from us. Um, at the time they were called TNT. It was kind of this Kentucky, Tennessee team. Um, And I would drive on Saturdays over to their practice because they had some USA folks on their squad. And I would go through their practices and learn their drills and learn their plays and then help kind of bring (coughs) it back to the St. Louis team.
3: Right, Ernie and Eddie uh, were there. and uh,
2: exactly, yeah. Travis. Yep.
3: We had Um, some great games with those guys.
2: Yeah, and, and just good guys. They just welcomed me. And then, you know, people got interested and so I had some other St. Louis players go with me. Um, at that time, Sue Tucker was kind of developing as a coach and she would come sometimes to learn. Um, so I, you know, I, 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 got lucky in that some people, um, really kind of opened their arms to me and kind of helped me along the way. Um, you know, uh, Kevin Moore was kind of one of those folks early on that was really trying to get women, uh, more educated about the sport. Um, she close to the clinic that I went to in Utah that that he brought in just a bunch of females to give them more sort of individual attention on what they can do to get better. So, so I kind of lucked out into in some people that were really knowledgeable and, and really helped me kind of go to the next level.
1: So I have a question for you, Carrie, but I want <clears throat> to, excuse me, preface this question by giving a little history because the boys count on me for that. So <laughs> my first team... Uh, was in 88, and we, um, Quadzilla from Berkeley, and we we had a female coach. We had four female athletes wow. uh, from class, class three, two, and two ones, and we had about six other guys, and the bottom line is about half our team was female, and we ended up winning a national championship in 1990, and I heard from them. Many many times, I want to credit Bonnie Lukowitz, a track athlete, for bringing the whole thing together. But anyway, the bottom line is that um, there was a lot of—how do I say this politely? A lot of um, not necessarily harassment, but there was there was maybe some discrimination going on. I'm just wondering if you ever felt any of that in in your in your time with st louis or perhaps usa i mean coming into the sport which was predominantly male and especially as you get higher into the elite level um what what are your thoughts have you felt any of that
2: yeah you know early on when i started playing um you know there were not many females and so when i would show up i would i would get a lot of Oh, are you playing for the girls' team? I'm like, there is no girls' team. I'm playing with you guys, um, and then there would be a lot of "Don't hit her," and then they realize that I score the ball a lot, so that changed really quickly. Um, So, you know, I I honestly, I I have some pretty tough skin and, um, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of things said to my face. I I think probably there was more some background noise that I got really good at tuning out and just kind of paying attention to my own business. Um, You know, after a while, honestly, like I think the St. Louis guys kind of just forgot I was a girl. So, you know, some of the talk that goes on. Um, you can just kind of get used to it. (laughs) And then when I got to the USA level, you know, I think it was more so, um, you know, can a girl really be top level? And and so I, I just felt like I was constantly having to prove myself more than anything else. Um, I just felt like I had to know more about the game, that I had to do all the skills and drills better than anybody. Um, so it was more, I, I think, of, of feeling like um, uh, that it wasn't totally valued. They weren't convinced yet that a female could really play at that level. So I think that's probably the hardest challenge that I had. Um, and, and I, you know, I, I like to think in 2009 when I made the team and was on that team that I, I kind of broke through some of that. Um, uh, but uh, – but I, I, I think I did. But you'd have to ask the guys that um, treated very equally. I, I never felt like, um, you know, use the word discriminated. I never really felt discriminated outright against.
1: So I was playing in a game, I remember, with another .5 female. And she was um, a little person, a dwarf, if you will. Yeah. And um, her name is Ann Coppola. And I remember one of the guys, and we had a high-low lineup going on. So we had 2.5s and 2.35s. Okay. And we were dominating. And one of the guys on the other team says, you can't pick me, little girl. <laughs> and I remember she looked at me, and I said, the hell you can. I mean, you're, you're, you you're own him right now. <laughs> and it was one of those things I, I had not really given it that much thought. But she told me later, Ann said to me, she goes, I get those comments all the time on the court. Do you get comments like that?
2: Yeah, I do. And again, I I don't know whether it's just I have tough skin. And I I mean, that's sports, right? People talk crap. And so, of course, uh, you know, and and people definitely talk some crap to me. Um, um, So people definitely talk shit to me. Um, and, and sometimes it's at the female thing and sometimes it's not. It's sometimes, you know, I, I'm a little bit smaller size. Sometimes it's at my size, sometimes whatever. Um, uh, and, and for whatever reason that, that hasn't really bothered me. I, I don't know whether I've just expected it or I, I think I kind of feed off of it a little bit. Um, nice. when people start talking crap like that, it just sort of fuels my fire a little bit. So
1: it fires you up. That's good. Not,
2: yeah, but, I mean, there's definitely trash talk out there, and it definitely goes to being a female sometimes,
3: but... Um, well, and usually when you get somebody talking like that, it's in their frustration, so it's not really meant to be a compliment, but it kind or, of is.
2: Yeah, right. Well, it's definitely yeah, I mean, a
3: compliment. I know that when I curse yeah. out low-pointers on the court, it's it's a
2: compliment. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> No, you're right, Dave. You know when you're, you're starting to get to somebody, when they start cursing you out a little bit.
3: We were talking a little bit before you were able to get on about how St. Louis would drop you on me with your low-point chair. And <laughs> I, it would just frustrate the hell out of me because I would wear out. I was so out of shape. And, you know, a 1-5 taken out of 3-5 is, of course, you're going to get frustrated. I probably said some horrible things to you in those situations.
2: <laughs> Yeah,
3: but here's the thing,
1: Dave. You both got a half a point reduction. Yeah,
2: that's right.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Now I have a full point reduction, being old and a female.
3: Nice. There you go. One of the first people to take advantage of that, right? Because we didn't I, used
1: to let get, people double dip.
2: Yeah, I'm double dipping.
1: What Sorry. do you feel about that? Do you think that that's fair? Do you think you should have a full point reduction?
2: Yeah, you know, I, I don't know. i and honestly, so when I started playing, there was no reduction for female. You you played what you were classed at, um, and when the rule came down, I, I really had mixed emotions about it. Um, I you know I think the intentions of it is 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 smart because it's trying to um give an advantage or, or a look at females that oftentimes don't get a look at and they're sitting on the bench and so okay. I'm all about anything that promotes females in this sport Water. creating
3: opportunity
2: yeah absolutely <laughs> but but it, even at this time it's kind of like oh well you know you're not good enough or strong enough so we got to kind of give you sort of this boost you know and so so I had mixed feelings about it I, I do think it's kind of ended up being Um, more positive than negative I think it has given some females opportunities that wouldn't have had it otherwise Um, and and, and so in that vein you know I think it's good now whether the double dipping thing I don't know but I I tell you as I age my shoulders get all creaky um, and uh, I I don't quite have the endurance I used to I I do value the fact that I did sort of get that bump down but um, it, it probably is a little bit overkill that I have a whole point reduction
1: so it's all about inclusion and of course you've just stated you're all about agreeing with that but with that said um do you think there should be a rule change you think should it be only a half a point reduction well
2: would not being able to double dip
1: right yeah
2: um, <laughs> I, you know you're asking me that but i'm benefiting from it right now so um um yeah I mean, maybe it needs to be looked at again. I don't know if it really affects that many people, so I'm not sure um, really the
1: so impact of it.
0: There's a handful of people. Anything in
1: that foundation of your career that you think has prepared you in a better way for rugby than than say others who have not um, had had a track career prior?
2: yeah, it's crazy. I got in the track. It's all rugby's fault, actually. I um when I was really trying to concentrate on being the best possible rugby player I could be, in the off season, I had a lot of people encourage me um, that you can't you know push in a rugby chair, all season long is really rough on your shoulders and um, that I really needed to sort of work on my hand speed and that a good way to do that was through a racing chair. So in the off-seasons of rugby, I would uh, push a a race chair, Um, and and it did. It helped me work on muscles that completely benefit me um, in rugby, and it also really helped my hand speed and just my overall push and efficiency.
0: I want to take things down a slightly different path for just a second. Um, I'm really interested in – A little bit of your life outside of rugby itself we'll jump back to rugby in a second but professionally like you're an occupational therapist you work at Washington University in St. Louis an excellent institution Uh, nothing but greatness comes out of that school Um, I I know tons of people that have come out of that school for PT OT doesn't matter Uh, just a really good school so what got you into OT what got you teaching? What what What's your story?
2: Yeah. So, um, you know, I grew... So I told you guys I grew up with a disability, and I had a ton of therapy growing up, so much to the point where when I was 14, I told my parents I can't do any more therapy. And so um, after college, when I told them I wanted to go to graduate school to be a therapist, they thought that was pretty funny. Um, but I... <laughs> you know, really saw an opportunity to um, maybe give back a little bit that I had a lot of experiences and insights and um, maybe a cool way to do that was um, through being a therapist. And so I ended up going to graduate school for occupational therapy, um, not knowing exactly what I wanted to do with it. Um, And I ended up graduating and... Um, I practiced for a little bit. Um, and I actually did uh, mostly sort of assistive technology and wheelchair seating um, assessments was kind of my area. Um, and then had an opportunity to get involved in research and teaching through the university, uh, Washington University. Um, and I've been there ever since. And then I, I love being around the students. Um, I love teaching. Um, and I have this cool opportunity now where I'm more involved in research. Um, and the research is all about disability and trying to get people with disabilities more engaged in physical activity um, and I've lived that story um, it took me a long time in my life to meet my health and fitness goals and it shouldn't have taken that long and um, I just want to help people get to it sooner and so um, I have a lab and run a lot of different interventions and um, really enjoy what I do and i um, hope that I am giving back and helping other, um, be more physically active. So that's kind of my, my professional story.
0: So I have a, I have another follow-up question. So you've seen all the benefits of wheelchair rugby, track athletics, uh, occupational therapy. What do you think has had the greatest effect on your life? Do you think it's therapies or do you think it's sports?
2: Oh, no. By far, it's definitely being involved in sports without a doubt. Uh, that was a game changer in my life. Um,
1: yeah, baby. Yeah,
2: <laughs> it definitely changed how I view myself. It changed my overall health. It Change my life experience, man. Um, if you had told me as a kid with a disability that I would have an opportunity to represent my country and wear a USA, I would have never believed you. Um, and i won four Paralympic medals and ten World Championship medals, and been all over the world. And uh, yeah, definitely uh, living a great life. And and sports is a huge piece of that.
1: Sorry. you're on the podium you're wearing that medal and yeah. there's the national anthem is behind you and is there anything like that it's there's, incredible
2: it, there is nothing in the world like that it is absolutely i can't even describe it boom uh, yeah boom and you're up there and you're like man there was a lot of things that it took to get me here but it, this, this is a- absolutely unbelievable
0: so, Carrie, and I'm, I'm a I'm a physical therapist, and I work with another physical therapist, coaching our squad. And I know there are therapists all over the league, and there's a reason why we do what we do, and it's exactly what you said right there. Like, I think that I can do whatever I do in the clinic, and I I hope it's helpful. But there's something much more special about sports that bring out brings out the best in so many people and you know not just from the ability to compete but the ability to change their lives for the positive so i'm glad that you you chose sports like that's that's great you know
3: there's something else to be said too it's like i used to find my my competitive outlet in video games because it was the place where i could do it on an equal playing field with people
2: yeah yeah. I mean, my
3: hands aren't 100%, but I, good enough that I could play and feel like, all right, at least I could be competitive. And then for me, when I got rugby, it was the same kind of thing, and I think that's why I latched on to it.
2: Yeah, and, you know, I honestly keep playing rugby because of the um, – I, I like being involved with changing people's lives. And if you bring somebody to rugby, if you can get them yep. there, get them in a chair – And just the peer interactions that happen, it just opens up a world to them that they would have never seen otherwise. And just being a part of that, um, I I just still really enjoy the aspect that rugby is a great sport, but it actually changes people's lives.
1: It absolutely does. We've all had the opportunity to see that. I don't know if you knew this, Carrie, but I I had a spinal cord injury playing rugby, and oh. then I found wheelchair rugby eight years later. And oh, okay. I tried everything. I tried, you know, I'm a I'm a point five. I tried track and field, no. I uh-huh. tried tennis. no. I tried swimming. I'm drowning. It's it's just <laughs> nothing worked. And and people are like, oh, you could play basketball. I'm like, no. And and then somebody introduced me to rugby. I was like, oh my god, this is yeah. it. This yeah. is it this is the fit I've been looking for yeah. so find whatever it is yeah. and you and not only play at a high level but give back to people it's yeah. there's nothing else like it
2: nope there's not the, and the, just the culture of rugby and the people and you know don't get me wrong I I love track and I've had some great experiences through track and, and I wouldn't trade it but um, I j- just this I just have this different passion for rugby it's just got this Um, different place in my heart. I, I, I absolutely love rugby and any chance I get to be around it. I I just find it a privilege.
1: Would you say that that's because it's a team sport?
2: Yeah. You know, yeah, I, I, I like the team aspect of it. And as a kid with a disability that always had to sit there and watch everybody else play on the team, um, being able to actually be a part of a team was a crazy experience for me. And I, and I really do enjoy it. Um, now, now, track's got its own um, uh, great challenges that that I think have helped develop me as a person. But boy, I tell you, when you're on that line, that starting line, um, it's <laughs> you. You're either doing it or you're not doing it, and there's right. nobody else to point the finger. There's nobody else to pick you up if you're having a bad day. Um, so I've learned a lot through that, but but I definitely do enjoy the team aspect of rugby for sure.
1: All right, I have a question. Have you ever gotten DQ'd off the line?
2: Uh, for a track, I have never. I've never been DQ'd. Really? Yeah, honestly, Uh, it's probably my start is so slow. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's definitely my weakness. So I'm so scared. I'm on the line. Once I get going, that's that. That's my game. Is once my going I'm hard to track down but but my start coming off the line is I'm slow as molasses
1: so as a kid you colored in between the lines too right
2: yeah I did
0: (laughs) (laughs) so question for you 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 played the you played the sport for a long time now and there are new female athletes coming up in the league and one yeah. of those people is Liz Dunn. She's playing yeah. for USA. She's on the practice yeah. squad and has a chance of making the Tokyo squad. Um, what, what do you want to say to her? Like, what would you tell her to get her over the hump, to get her to that next level of play? Like, someone who has like, really been grinding for years what is the advice that you could give her that no one else could give her?
2: Yeah. You know, so, um, I'm going to back up on you for a second. I'll I'll answer your question. I'll get there. But, um, (laughs) in the, um, you know, around 2005, six, seven, there was a couple females out there. And we all came together and tried to sort of start this female team. We were, (laughs) um, it didn't last long, was called the rabble rousers. And, um, you know, it was cool to come around other females that were really um, passionate um, about the sport. Um, it got a little hard to coordinate with funding and things, and it kind of fell apart. But um, within the last three, four years, the, uh, the University of Houston, Michael Cunningham, um, has organized these women clinics um, that happened in the summer. And it's all about bringing females together and helping them to either get introduced to the sport or help them to elevate their game. And unfortunately, they, they, they always put it in July, and, and I tend to be heavy in track season at that time. But um, two years ago, I was able to go to one and help coach one of the teams, and I met Liz. I had met Liz previous to that because she played in the Heartland and the Pittsburgh team. Um, but I had an opportunity to kind of work with her and just talk with her, and you know, she really kind of had this goal of you know going to the top level, and so. Um, you know, we talk offline a little bit here and there. Um, and, you know, some of the things I just told her is, you know, if, if you want it, you, it's yours to get it. You just got to put the right things in place. And, and she's really done that. You know, she, um, this season started playing for Texas just to get around, um, some other USA level players, um, uh, which I think is really helpful if, if that's your goal to play at that level, you need to be around that speed and that D1. I think you need her, to play
3: against that competition too, You right? do, you,
2: you have to. And I think for her, her is just kind of getting the confidence um, that, you know, she could hold her own at that level. And, 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 you know, just watching her the past couple of years, her confidence has grown. Um, you know, and, and offline, I, I just try to encourage her to do things like, um, you know, if, if you want to be the best, you got to do the best. So you got to be the first one at practice. You got to know the game better than anybody else. study videos there's lots of really good low pointers out there make sure you're understanding what they're doing learn from others and she's a sponge she takes it all in so you know i I think she's still hasn't reached her total potential i think she's still got a lot in there um and i'm rooting for and pulling for and it's, it's really cool to see another female on that level
1: that's very cool
3: yeah we're all rooting for her i think she's uh He's got a lot of potential, and I've I've heard that as a new player coming into the Team USA uh, cycle, it's it's hard to break into, you know, the the guys that have been on the team for a yes. while. It's, yeah, It's kind of clicky, and not. Yeah. I don't think it's intended to be like a insiders thing, but you really feel the cohesiveness of the team, and it really says geez, I'm, I'm not part of that. Yeah. And I think it's really a challenge to to hang on to that and get there because there's a, a couple of guys that I've talked to that have been in there. Uh, they've said that to me. They said it's really tough, and I just encourage them to keep going at it because, uh, you know, if you earn your place, I feel like those guys are going to be totally welcoming uh, no matter who you are.
2: Totally, yeah, like, I agree. you got to earn it. The yeah, people that yeah. have
3: the slot now, you have to be better than them. Cause they've got a reputation and they know the coaches, you yeah. know, the plays and they know everybody they played together. So
2: it's,
0: uh,
2: no, just stick to absolutely. it, right? Yeah,
0: absolutely. So slight segue here, Carrie, um, out of all the players that you've played with over the last several years, including USA and St. Louis and no. uh, the rabble rousers, which <laughs> I did not know about. That's wonderful. By the way, one, why are you not playing with the Wonder Women? We'll come back to that. But yeah. who's your favorite player to play with? Who do you just gel with? Who do you like you you know what they ate the day before? You know what they dream about. Like, who is your 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 rugby soulmate?
2: Yeah, so so the, the one person I wish I got to play with more that probably gave me the hardest hit I've ever had uh, in 20 years um, was Joel um, He, oh, yeah. We were playing on this small court in Montgomery, Alabama, and he rocked my world. This, this is, these are the days where I thought, okay, I have to prove myself and I, I didn't play probably as smart as I should have. Now I'm a little bit older and smarter and I try to avoid hits like that, but I took that one straight on. Um, but boy, you know, he was kind of phasing out when I was phasing in the USA rugby and I, I wish I get to play with him more. Uh, but, but uh, nowadays, you know, uh, we had uh, two players on our St. Louis team that ended up transferring to Denver, uh, Eric Newby and Jake Daly. And boy, do I really like playing with those guys. If I could, rejoin with them, um, just the, the way that they play and, um, just mentally see the game. I, I see it the same way. And so I really enjoy playing with those two guys.
0: That's awesome. So going back to my other question, wonder women, would you ever play with them?
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's, again, it's been more of a timing issue is, um, when the wonder women have gotten together for practices and scrimmages and kind of coming together, it's been in my track season, and I just haven't been able to get there. So it's been more of a logistics thing. But but yeah, absolutely, I would love to play with them. Um, and we actually have a newer female player that um, got classed in this year on the St. Louis team. That's a high point player that um, has played a bit with the Wonder Woman team. That that is gonna. Uh, I see some high hopes for her. Her name Sarah Adams. So I, and there, you know, I look around and there, there, there's a lot more females out there um the, the St. Louis tournament last month and there was a really good female that came from grand rapids um you guys have one on chicago there's a bunch of females out there um more so than ever before so it's pretty exciting
0: so i will tell you that the wonder women have a standing invitation to the chicago tournament you guys yeah. are always welcome I know that we like to have St. Louis at that tournament, too, so maybe that's a good reason for you to be there already. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yep, I hear you, Mike.
1: Hey, Carrie, have you ever heard of uh, Susie Grimes?
2: Ooh. I don't know. Does
1: that name ring a bell?
2: Yeah, kind of, but I don't know how.
1: Okay, so she was my first rugby coach. Okay. And um, this is uh, – a little off track, but she was a a wheelchair baseball player and on, I believe she made six Paralympic teams.
2: Wow.
1: She made a total of 24 USA women's basketball teams and she's the best coach I've ever had. And I only had her as a coach for two years. We won a national championship, but she was all about inclusion and, you, I mean, it's one of those things. You you you'd never know that it was a male female thing. It just didn't matter because she was just that good. And yeah. she'd get out there. She'd get out there on the rugby court with us in her everyday chair, and oh. stop everybody like she was that good. And it's a long time ago. We all were playing in our everyday chairs anyway, but they were you know cambered a little bit with washers for rugby. The point I'm trying to make is, it doesn't matter. If you're an athlete, you're an athlete. And she she taught me that in my first year of rugby. And um, I just I, I love her. And it's it it doesn't matter. If you're good, you're good and you know, you grow from that.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. And and when you start being good, I think people I honestly don't even think people see the girl thing anymore. They're just like, Oh, that's Carrie. on right. thing with yeah. So I totally agree with you.
1: I recently saw her, and, and I said, Susie, you're in the Hall of Fame, right? She goes, I don't know. <laughs> she doesn't care. It's not important to her.
2: Yeah. I get it. Just just being part of the sport.
1: Carrie, you're a great interview. You've been really, really wonderful. Thank you.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I enjoyed being on. Yeah.
1: And I know I say every
3: time we play, as we're shaking hands at the end, I always say how much I love playing against you and, uh, and St. Louis. We've had some great games over the years, and uh, this was a great opportunity. Thanks for uh, coming out and talking to us.
2: Yeah, always enjoy playing against you, Dave.
0: But seriously, Carrie, you have been absolutely wonderful to talk to. Uh, you're everything that we thought you were and more. I can't thank you enough for coming on the show and, and talking to folks. I know that... Uh, we're going we're gonna to spark some interest uh, over the next few days as we post this up. And I think we're going to get some of the best uh, listening ship that we've ever gotten. So thank you so much for making this a great experience for all of us.